Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Hey everyone, this is Will Kern from Endless Events, and welcome back to another edition of the Event Turk Podcast. I am sitting across virtually as uh, he is recording in the most inconspicuous location ever from the Macabre Brant Kruger, which I thought was a noun and actually is a, an adjective. And <laughs> I, I, I had to look up what that word meant too. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Do you know what it meant? You know what it means. Well, ma- macabre is, uh, I believe it's macabre as a, as opposed to macabre, um, but I could be wrong. Google says macabre. Is it? But, okay, all right. But I'm wondering what macabre. you think the word is. Maybe we're talking about different words. Well, Go- it's, it's it's dark and spooky and evil, and that's kind of, that's my understanding of how yeah. it is. It says disturbing and horrifying because of the involvement with or depicting of death and injury. Yeah, yeah, because the macabre is like a like kind of... Of Victorian era novels is how I think of how I think of that. Interesting. And so apparently there's a macabre dance too, which is like <laughs> I was right before the podcast. I was doing a little bit of dance, and I realized I was doing kind of like a macabre dance, which is like procession of skeletons. Apparently. So if I am the macabre uh, Brant Kruger of Event Technology Consulting, that gentleman over there is the mountainous Will Kern of Endless oh, Events. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty fitting. Just the fact that I just got back from like all the yeah. mountains in Ireland and everything was hiking mountains and all I that know. sort of stuff. So, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, definitely uh, – I'm feeling mountainous. I'm feeling quite mountainous today, you know, with my beard and my, my, my pickaxe and my flannel on, for sure. There you go. There you go. So um, so today that we're talking about a little bit of news that broke this week, not related to the events industry. You guys seem to be liking these uh, news stories that we break, and that's not related to the industry, and now we are breaking it to you. Um, this last week there was some interesting news about how Google – Amazon Alexa and a few other partners kind of worked, said, hey, we're going to develop a standard for smart home technology, which has kind of been fragmented a little bit over time. And, um, you know, we are looking for a way to bring it all together. So we figured this might be a great parallel to the events industry and might be a great way for us to be able to tie into this idea of maybe there needs to be an event standard, uh, a tech standard for the events industry as well. Um, So, yeah, if you missed the news, um, the article basically said that um, Google, uh, Amazon Alexa said, hey, we're going to try to create a standard across all these technologies. If you, I, I'm hugely into smart home technology. I know Brandt is as well. Um, and, you know, essentially trying to uh, take these technologies such as, you know, Zigbee and, you know, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and let's find a way to bring it all together. Um, you know, Brandt, what was kind of your reaction to the story? Uh, I was really surprised, to be perfectly honest. It's one of those things where, um, you know, when all of the the key players in an industry uh, with their own little fiefdoms, uh, you know, actually start talking to each other in any way, shape or form. It's one of those things where you're like... Uh, wow, you know that's 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 actually really amazing. So uh, it was it was kind of surprising news. Um, each one of these uh, companies has, at one point or another, tried to say, "Hey, follow around," but it's like more like follow around me, right? You know, hey, we've got yeah, yeah. we've got a, here's our open standard, and here's our open standard, and here's our open standard. And uh, anybody who's familiar with the XKCD cartoon um, has there's a cartoon about this that it's it's a very nerdy uh, cartoon if you've never seen it. Um, that basically, hey, we've got you know 14 different standards. For whatever this protocol is, you know what we need to do? We need to get them all together one day later. Now, there are 15 standards around this protocol. 
<laughs> so it's very difficult anytime you're trying to get somebody together, everybody on board to the same page, um, because everyone's worried that somehow they're going to lose their market share or something along those lines. So it's um, it's I, I for one, am, am really glad to see that at least they're making the making the effort. Yeah, totally. I mean, like as a smart home nerd too, like I'm excited for this because I can't tell you like how hard it is. You have to pick very specific products and be very deliberate about it. You can't say like, oh, this is the best smart bulb light I want to use. Um, and then, oh, but this is the best switch. Sometimes you have to compromise and say, you know, this isn't the best of this, but because it works with this and uses the same standard, I'm willing to make that sacrifice um, on there as well. Um, I think really interestingly too, with this story, I mean, as we kind of relate to the events industry and we'll kind of tie it all together is that a day later, um, one of the players kind of raised his hand and it was a, a, a standard called Z-Wave. Um, in Z-Wave, um, and again, like I'm, I, we're probably not in a home automation podcast, so we don't have to get into this stuff as well, but Z-Wave uh, considers himself an open standard, but it jokingly isn't 100% most open. But they kind of wave their hands and say, like, uh, well, but what, but what about us? But we, we've, we, we've we, got an open standard. We've got an open standard. We want to be part of this too. And then they, yeah, I think exactly. they ended up coming out and saying what was interesting about though is it forced them to, because they, they didn't get to play ball, was because the standard said, look, you haven't been 100% open. So the next day they announced – Oh, just kidding. We're going to open up the doors just a little bit so we can start connecting a little bit more. I just thought that was so the most fascinating thing is that this standard not only did it, you know, bring together and say like, hey, we're going to all figure out a way to create one single open standard, but it also forced one of the players that wasn't open to be open, which I think is like the perfect case of what you want when it comes to this sort of stuff. Yeah, it's, it definitely feels like kind of a daylight and a dollar short of just like, you know, well, no, we're going to open things up just a little bit more. And um, but, you know, it raises some interesting uh, possibilities. And and, you know, as we as we are want to do, uh, you know, on this show, let's, you know, let's dive in a little bit first, first from the IoT standpoint, and then we'll kind of you know work our way out. Um, so, you know, one of the things that really bothers me in IoT world is is the fact that we've got all of these different standards. And so, you know, if I'm trying to get my lights on a, on you know, one thing, and then we've got the, you know, the ring door, the Nest doorbell, and then we've got, you know, the, the Google Home hubs, and we've got all of these things, and they're all sort of talking to each other, but not really, and I've got a physical hub for this and a physical hub for that. It gets really messy really fast. And, you know, as consumers, you want things to be easy, right? You know, I want to be able to just screw in the light bulbs and, you know, talk to, uh, you know, Madame A or, you know, uh, what did we decide uh, Senior G was? Uh, <laughs> I like Senior G. <laughs> Senior G, Madame A and Senior G. So Senior G, um, uh, you know, or Madame A and, you know, turn on my lights and make it go. And so, you know, it's, 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 tr it's difficult um, as a consumer understanding these things. And, you know, as you and I, we're, we're enthusiasts and sometimes it's difficult, you know, well, these lights don't work with that one. And if you're going to do the dimmers, then you need to make sure you're getting the right kind of dimmable LED bulbs. And I remember very early on in my um, explorations of IoT, I was, you know, messaging you every other day going, wait, why are these now? Why is this not working? <laughs> why are these lights flickering? And you're like, oh, well, you got to get the right kind of dimmable LEDs and they don't work well with the Lutrons. And yep, so the yep. more that we can standardize this kind of stuff. I, you know, I think it's going to be ultimately better for consumers. Now, the, the, the blowback on all of that is 
like I mentioned, kind of the losing of market share. And I, I think there's ways around that, you know, and, and, and this, this will definitely cycle back as, as we bring it back to events. But this idea that, you know, uh, you know, if we try and do an open standard, we're somehow going to lose out. You know, you can still make your products better than the other products that are out there and have features that are enabled that if you're running it through a pure, you know, senior G system, uh, you know, if you're running it through a full Google system or you're running it through a full Amazon system or you're running it through a full Apple system, that there are benefits to that, but that you, if you do have this kind of mixed household of a little bit of Apple and a little bit of Google, you're not losing out and you're on core functionality. I think it, it also, you know, I mean, we obviously had the episode earlier this year was talking about like, uh, you know, a, a jack of all trades system or, you know, something that integrates a lot. And obviously I think I was leaning towards more of the, the best in class that integrates a lot. Um, I think my hope is that with this sort of thing too, and to kind of bring parallels to it is that even though it technically does lose market share, it, I think it hopefully causes them to work harder, build better products because now it's not, you know, Nest, for example, I love Nest because everything just works really well together. Well, if that a hundred percent opens up and now, you know, you can use a ring inside the Nest app or whatever it may be, that'd be awesome. But I think what it means is that now Nest can't be like our only feature is the fact that we integrate well, we have to actually make sure it's the best camera. It's the best of this feature and my hope is that it uh, spurs the innovation of uh, of of better products uh, all along the way I think that's exactly it and I think the first I think the first major company to start thinking along these lines was Microsoft that you know rather than you know the last couple times they've done major keynotes they haven't mentioned the word windows at all um, you know that they're understanding now that they are a a service that you can layer on top of other things and so they've really been very intentional over the course of the last couple of years of making sure that they're um, you know that that office runs well on iPad and it runs well on other systems but it runs the best on the Microsoft mm -hmm. systems and so you know I've been slowly getting sucked deeper and deeper into the Microsoft um, ecosystem because of how well my Surface works and how well it works with the Office apps and how well it works. But, you know, if I am on my, you know, Android phone, I can still access all of that information. You know, it's just not going to be as quite as amazing. Um, but it's pretty darn close. <clears throat> you know, gone are the days where Microsoft Office was really, really awful on Mac. Um, <laughs> yeah, and totally. it's, it's still not great. There's still a lot of things that need to be done, but it's definitely to the point where we're getting closer and closer to parity. And I think they've had that kind of paradigm shift where I hate that phrase, but it's actually accurate in this in this in this instance, where, you know, they're very intentionally saying, you know, we don't care where you run our stuff as long as you use our stuff. But it's gonna be best on you know on on a surface device on a microsoft uh you know device and uh you know on uh, and running on windows yeah i definitely i i can't agree anymore for sure and i think a great example of this is we had the conversation about the neo and duo but the fact that it i believe it's the neo is the smaller one is running android but it's a windows device like so cool like i mean that's the the perfect example of collaboration across multiple platforms that are technically competing but then figuring out a way for them to integrate and i feel like that's needed way more in the events industry i mean i mean just to kind of to reel it into to an analogy that or a, a, not analogy but an exact instance of this and i think they're a listener of the podcast as well um but we have we were at a conference we were speaking and the person said i really want to do this but it has to integrate with this and we said and uh, and instantly like you're nice uh, mainly you you're in charge of that text from before me but you said well 
your your choices are now limited to like two choices, right? You don't like the one that they make, so we need to find one that integrates and that doesn't work. And I feel like that conversation is happening more and more of I want this, but it doesn't integrate with it. And there's no standard for, for, for what it needs to be done. And you would think it'd be easy because we have APIs now and all these things like that, but it's not. And it's because everyone's using different standards of database entry. And I mean, I don't even know the, the super technical side of things, but it just doesn't exist right now as well. Have you been noticing that too, that, pe that people have been saying, I want this tool, it has to integrate with this, but there's nothing that integrates with it or something like that? It's, it's, it's kind of, the, it's been a struggle, you know, in, in uh, you know, event land and event app land, and, but also just in business in general, is that, you know, the, the integrations between platforms has been, uh, I think it's that same fear, right? Is that we want to be open but not too open because then you know we want to lock people into our own ecosystem, and again it goes back exactly like you said to that juggernaut conversation of like you know if we're going to own a registration platform and a, an event app and a room block uh, designator and you know we want people in that ecosystem and so there's less incentive to to open things up um, and so. Uh, that's why when you see an alliance like this come through, uh, it really starts to uh, be very pro-consumer in a way that a lot of times we don't see. Um, the 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 you know we mentioned Amazon, we mentioned Apple, we mentioned Google, but the other part of this alliance is, Zig is Zigbee, which is already an alliance, and so that alliance brings on board um, IKEA. Um, uh, Legrand, uh, I'm reading this from Phillips, Stacy on IoT, uh, Stacy on IoT, which is my go-to um, uh, IoT blog. Um, StacyOnIoT.com. Um, you know, Samsung Smart Things. So if you're in the Samsung ecosystem, that brings you into this world. So imagine being able to have your Samsung phone and quickly and easily set up uh, not only you know Android-based uh, systems, but also you know anything that's compatible with Apple, anything that's com compatible Apple, with Alexa, uh, and then and then IKEA has been actually had been very strong lately in their IoT uh, offerings, including light bulbs and plugs. Yeah, and you, you hear the news this week? Yeah, what happened? So well, they, I don't know if I did bring it. Yeah, so the, uh, IKEA announced that they're like, yeah, we're we're hard, we're their future business model is 100 percent dependent on smart home. I Double think they realize like, like, hey, we've uh, we've kind of tapped out the the inexpensive furniture flat market, and <laughs> flat, yeah, flat pack model, and we know that people know us for it. But if we want to expand and grow, we know that we need to be also known for these affordable technologies. And they just, I think they doubled their like product lines in the last week um, or so, but. Yeah, it's really crazy. And honestly, like for somebody who's really passionate about smart home stuff, I've been very far behind. But mainly because I'll you know, it's also one of those things where like, yeah, like I almost got fatigue of trying to set up things because they weren't standard and you know, I end up having to install like a basic computer server that runs a a connection of multiple systems. But and to be honest, the thing I crave is just to have it all run, you know, through the Google home and work through one single standard rather than run through my server and maintain it. That's the thing I got sick of is just it's and that's why I mean going back to the oh gosh going back to like the analogy with Ventech is that I had to set up the server it was kind of a lot of work to be able to do it I finally got it set up it was good to go something broke on it I have to redo all the work and I just feel like that's the same way with a lot of these integrations is like oh something broke either on one end or the other or something needs to be updated or I missed an update or something got screwed up and I didn't back it up properly and now boom like twice as much work that has to be done to be able to do something as simple as control my damn blinds <laughs> and i just want to be able to i just want to be able to open my blinds 
And, and the alternatives to that are, are even further out of the average consumer's uh, reach. I mean, I, I, it was funny. I sat down with a guy who was uh, transferring. It was an organization that I've gotten involved with, and he was, he's like, oh, you're the young guy, so I'm going to transfer all of the technology over to you. And, <laughs> you know, so, you know, here's how, here's how to access the, you know, the web administration. Here's how to access the, you know, the roster and all that kind of stuff. And I expected it to be a fairly dry uh, you know, handoff of someone who didn't really know what they were doing and, you know, just kind of was the last person who was techie in the group. And this guy was like hardcore engineer from like oh. the 1970s. And so he's still very active, still very learning, completely rolled his own IoT. So like he's literally using Arduinos and, you know, these other like small off the shelf microcomputers and has his own server running in the base. Like I just, I don't, I don't really like the idea of being on someone else's cloud. So completely rolled his own IOT to run his blinds and the LEDs and he's got temperature sensors everywhere and all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, dude, you rock. But the average person can't do that. Right. You know, we're not going to know how to program an Arduino to. Yeah make our IT go. We want to, what we want to do, and this is why it's perfect for Ikea, is to just go to Ikea and go, oh, here's a smart bulb. I can hook up to my smartphone. Great. That's what I want. Yeah. And it fits their brand really, really well of this. You know, I think of Ikea, I think of like European style, compact, you know, apartments and condos and things like that, you know, with a little bit of European flair. Um, and so bringing, bringing the idea of the smart home to that mentality i think is a, a perfect match for that kind of brand yeah i can't i can't agree anymore and i mean like i mean it's it's one of these things too you're buying a couch you know you're probably gonna buy a lamp and you know you want to buy a light bulb well it's gotta you know, i mean like he has sold light bulbs for years now it's just a matter of like hey now i want a smart bulb because that's the cool thing to do Exactly. All right. So let's start bringing this around uh, to events. Um, you know, we've spoken about on, on, on this show and on others about the interactivity level, about the fact that, you know, we want, um, you know, we want our IT providers, not our IT, but our, our technology providers to, um, you know, to get along better, to play along better and to be able to get, you know, just because, you know, I want best in class of everything. So if I want best in class registration and I want best in class, um, uh, you know, room diagramming software and I want best in class this, I know if I'm the type of person that wants to pick and choose, I want all of those things to talk to each other and we're just not there. So what do you think, Will? I mean, do you think this kind of alliance could happen in the event industry? Do you think that we could actually get to this point where like the big names, you know, you get your C-Vents, you know, you get your, your, your quick mobiles, you know, what would have been, you know, the double Dutch-esque, you know, those types when, you know, when they were still a, a player, you know, could we get the big names around the table to really start integrating together, at least with basic functionality? I think it would take a serious amount of client pushback to happen for sure. Like, I think that, you know, the event tech podcast is not going to be able to convince these tech companies to do it. And even the techie people aren't, but the planners, the more they give pushback and say, I'm not choosing you because you don't do this, or I want this, then that's why it happened. And I think that's probably what's starting to happen with why the smart home stuff happened is that users weren't willing to adopt it because it was too complicated. And, these companies said like we, we need more people to adopt it and the number one thing that everyone kept saying is like i just don't know this doesn't integrate with this this doesn't integrate with this i have to say this on and i think the same thing needs to happen in the events industry that you if you're a planner out there you need to start asking for this sort of thing if you're like yeah why doesn't this exist it's the only way i feel like this is going to be happen 
and the question can happen i think when there's enough push from the market the market can help dictate these sort of things i think the other i think the other pushback would be that if you ask these companies they'll say oh yeah we integrate with each other <laughs> you know so i think you know they 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 frequently already say that they do and so uh, you know it's well we don't need any kind of alliance because we have an open api and we uh, we allow people to get their data in and out well yeah sort of you know i can export it to a uh, you know, Excel spreadsheet or worse, a, a CSV, which if you know what that is, you don't want to know what that is. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, being able to, well, and then you have to import it and that, you know, attach this field to that. So uh, there's these loose ways of getting data in and out. Um, and then there, there are better ones there. You know, there are ways to use APIs and things like that. But I think it's still kind of a hodgepodge and kind of a mess as far as how you're getting your data in and out of these systems. And so I think it's one of those things that until you get this kind of moment where they can all come together and they can uh, get in a smoke-filled room and say, all right, boys and girls, if we get a lot of, you know, if we, if we can corner the market, you know, that kind of thing. You know, yeah. you know because I think that's ultimately what kind of happened in this is that, you know, these big giants say none of us are you know we're all getting one percent maybe we could each get 20 yeah i think you bring up a super solid point too that you know like everyone always says like oh yeah we have an api oh yeah you have the ability to export and get your data out that that's not integration in any sort of way because if it requires the user to do more as much work to get the data out and connect it it's not an integration that's just cool you have a, a slightly open system what we're talking about is like it truly just works together. Right, um, right. I'm trying to think of like a really, really good example um, of this. Um, but like, uh, let's, I mean, I don't know if this is necessarily a good example, but like, let's say, for example, you have a Google, uh, you have a Word document that you're writing in, you're putting this together. And uh, 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 what seems like now would be like, oh, yeah, you can, uh, you know, we have an open API to Google Docs where you can, uh, you know, use another tool that can convert uh, the Word doc into a Google Doc. That's not, not integration. The integration is you drag and drop the Word doc in. It says, hey, do you want to convert this to Google Doc? Boom, it's done. It's all in one, one tool. And that's definitely two standards kind of working together on that end. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, other really, really great examples of this as well. Um, but maybe uh, computer components might be, like, another good example of this. I don't know, Brent. Like, do you have any other kind of good examples of what you think are, like, truly seamless integrations and kind of consortiums of standards in the technology world? Wi-Fi. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 one of the best examples, I think. I think, you know, some of these technologies that we take for granted, and we take them for granted because of the fact that a consortium sat down to figure it out and make sure that it's a, a standard that everyone can get behind. So as we look at, you know, Wi-Fi 5 and now Wi-Fi 6, um, you know, and that's part of the problem is that it takes five years to agree on a standard and, yeah, you know, totally. get it all figured out, you know, uh, you know, 6G, you know, or 5G, I guess, at this point. So Wi-Fi 6. 5G, there we go. Uh, so 5G, um, uh, you know, cell technology is is still a mess, even after sitting down and figuring it out for five years. USB is a is a is an open. I was going to say USB yeah. too. Yeah, USB is an open standard, uh, and even there, you know, there's that's it's not fully there. But I think it's the same idea though, where the basic functionality is agreed upon, and then if you use, you know. Uh, you know, USB-C on an Apple machine, then it's Thunderbolt and you get all of these other, you know, features enabled as well. Um, and, and not just, you know, charging your phone and, uh, you know, basic data transfer. And that's where, uh, frankly, companies still have an opportunity to shine. And so I would love to start to see 
that happen in the technology in our industry where we can agree upon the basic fundamental data transfer and there's still plenty of opportunity for you to show that your product is a superior product. You know, how easy is it to use the registration system? How intuitive is it? How fast is it? How accurate is it? You know, there's all of these measurements uh, that can be used to quantify, you know, how, you know, whether or not this is a good fit for our organization as opposed to just, you know, does it work and can I get my data in and out of it? Yeah, I mean, I know that you and I aren't Apple users, so we can't really comment on the positive side of this. But, like, let's look at lightning cables, for example. Like, a t a, you know, for example, the big standard now is USB-C. Everything's you know, works across everything. Everything pretty much has USB-C. In fact, like, people who don't have USB-C still are using micro-USB. People get frustrated with. But what's even probably more frustrating for me is when, you know, there's a lightning cable. I'm like, I don't have a lightning cable adapter. But if we all work together and had these basics, it would be, like, absolutely fantastic. And I think you bring up a good example. I mean, let's talk about USB. It, USB cables is probably the, a humongous market, right? It's probably a, at least a billion dollar market, I'm guessing. And, uh, you know, being the fact that cables are expensive, but you would never think that you can make money off of making USB cables. Well, I love to use example of like Nomad cable. They took this market that, you know, yeah, a $5 cable who's, you know, people buys all the time. It's very commoditized, but then they made such a perfect cable where it's braided with Kevlar and things like, and they're charging $40 for it. And I'm willing to pay for that because it's just such a better cable uh, for what it needs to be done. And I think that same thing needs to be done for event tech is have a standard that works perfectly and allows you to do what you need to do, but then make it so damn good that no one can turn away from it. Yeah, and it's it's so funny to me that there's so many examples of exactly what we're talking about, and yet there's so many examples of industries that are resistant to do it. Um, I'm the same way with cables. Like, you know, I... I I just, you know, have struggled and have gotten cheap cables that break after, you know, two minutes. Um, and so I tend to go back to Aki and Anchor because, you know, they tend to last. And when they break, they just send me a new one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, sure. uh, it's been less than a year. Sure, we'll just send you a new one. Do I have to send the old one back? Nah, don't bother. You know, that kind of stuff. And then if I really did want to go into the, yeah, the, the Kevlar braided, you know, world of that, you know, if I really didn't even want to mess with, having to have a new one sent out, that's the road you can go down. Once you, know, once you do, never phone cases, Same thing with, you know, all this stuff. You know, there's the cheapo ones that get the job done, but then there's the ones that you know are going to, you know, actually protect your phone in the case of a fall. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I think this is kind of our petition to the, the event technology. If you're an event technology provider out there, you know, like, let's start to see some better alliances between everybody. And we're not talking about just three vendors. We're talking about everybody all together and when you see a new vendor come apart, I think feel like we need to start stepping up and saying like, hey, reach out to them early on when they're a little, small, tiny company and say like, hey, we want you to be a part of this movement that we are to integrate all together. Um, and I feel like that's the only way is if we all work together and, you know, I mean, we talked about a little bit on like Event Brew, for example, having a voice as an industry. But as event tech, you we have to have the voice in order to provide a better solution for the customers because technology, I think we've talked about so many times, is complicated. There's so much happening. We don't need to make it more complicated for people just in order to keep our markets. If you make it sm simple and easy to understand, like kind of Apple did with the iPhone or uh, give a million other tech examples, those companies flourish, and I feel like that's what we need to get to. 
and I'll, th- I'll throw one more example of this. And you know, I was just meeting with a company that does audience engagement, and they're capable of being embedded in basically anyone's app at this point because it's all web-based. But they're still limited in how they can get data in and out of each one of those platforms. And so, you know, they've got a customer coming to them saying, we want to, you know, import all of our, you know, not only all of our attending names, but also, you know, which group we've placed them in uh, within our registration platform. Okay, here's the salespeople, here's the regular attendee, here's the VIP attendee, you know, all of these subgroups. Being able to get those things in and out um, in and out in a case of, uh, you know, being able to um, get that data in and out um, effectively. And they're just, oh, no, yeah, we want to be doing that. That's not on our 20-year roadmap or whatever, you know. It's oh, like, well, your client, your client is asking for this. It's not that we're asking for this. It's that your client is asking for this. Um and so being able to do that effectively uh, as one of those kind of middle companies uh, is something that they're struggling with as well. And that's not the first time I've heard that from those types of companies that are embeddable within uh, within the greater event app. I feel like people far too often too are just, uh, you know, like ignoring the simple fact of listen to your customer and they're, they're going to tell you where they you need to go. And, you, I, you know, I feel like, for example, the best thing you can do is just be close to your customer and hear what they want. And maybe maybe we're wrong, but like I feel like we hear it all the time from people's customers, and the customers just again just go tell the companies directly. Maybe they're not listening, and that's why they're telling us. But you know, we go to you know listen to your customers, and everything's gonna get better. Exactly. All right. Any final thoughts on this before we will we put this one to bed? Oh man, I mean, I just feel like I came out with a pitchfork on this one. <laughs> it is. It's tough. It's tough because you know I, I I understand the business side of it of like we want to you know we want our silos, we want our ecosystems, but it's it's really anti-customer, and so for me, it's at least a positive sign that we're seeing the likes of, you know, the uh, what is it? It's the fangs, you know, the Facebook, Apple, Google, uh, Amazon, <laughs> you know, whatever that, um, and you know, being able to um, uh, at least talk to each other a little bit and and start to go down this road of hey wouldn't it be nice for the customer uh if we were to bring this all together and it's not just the basic functionality like literally some of the things on the list that they want to take care of is onboarding and making that you know a seamless experience updates you know security updates is a huge problem and so you know having some kind of standard around security updates for iot devices i think would be huge yeah, I definitely think, I mean, man, we haven't gotten to that point, but we definitely always have our soapbox with security, but I feel like this is going to create a huge potential for a better, secure future. For sure. Exactly, exactly. All right, I think it's time to put this one to bed. Will, thanks as always for joining me on this one. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brant. As always, always great to talk tech with you. All right. We want to know what you think. What do you think the future of alliances uh, might bring? And, and, and coming around on this idea of open standards, is it something that the event industry can do? Is it something that we uh, can actually put some pressure on our tech vendors to start working together better? Um, or is it always going to be this kind of thing where, you know, there, there's that pressure on these companies to get you into their ecosystem and to lock them in? Uh, so is it possible? We want to know what you think. Hashtag event tech 
Podcast. Reach out, eventtechpodcast at helloendless.com. Let us know uh, what you think the future of Event Tech Alliances or Event Tech Open Standards uh, might be able to be. Uh, thank you always uh, for, for listening. We want to keep you listening. So if you want to subscribe, be sure and check us out on Apple Podcasts, uh, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all of the various platforms. If there's a platform that we're not on, please do let us know so that we can make sure that we're there. We want to be on wherever you want to listen to us. But of course, one of the best places that you can listen to us is eventtechpodcast.com. There you're going to see all the show notes, the links to all the resources uh, that we share. We'll throw in the links to uh, Stacy on IoT uh, so you can get the... Re- she goes really deep on this mm-hmm. stuff and super nerdy, uh, which is one of the reasons that I, I really like uh, like uh, reading her stuff. Um, so be sure and check out. We'll throw those in there, the transcripts to the show. All of those will be available there at eventtechpodcast.com. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Event Tech Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.